My grandma held up three fingers. Three days, she said. My grandson is coming in three days. The next day, she held up two fingers. And she said, two days. He's coming in two days. Then only one finger. Tomorrow. My grandson Anthony is coming tomorrow morning. Yesterday, I had the immense privilege and honor of celebrating a mass of Thanksgiving outside the window of my grandma's nursing home up in Pittsburgh. The building obviously is still on lockdown and it has been since March. So this was the best that we could do given these extremely bizarre and frustrating times that we're all living through. But for the chance to pray one of my first masses ever as a newly ordained priest for one of the most important people in my life, that made up for all of the inconveniences, the wall of glass, the mask on my face, the six-foot distance that we had to stand. All of that kind of faded away, and we were able to just be there with her. And just to hear how excited she was as she anticipated our visit, my grandson is coming, was a source of hope, encouragement, and joy. This morning, in our first reading, we heard the prophet Zechariah deliver some really beautiful words of hope and encouragement to us. See, I am coming. I am coming to dwell among you says the Lord. And our hearts should be filled with joyful anticipation, way more anticipation than my grandma had for my visit, when we hear those words. Our God is coming. Our God is a God who comes to us. He makes the first move toward us. He initiates this grand adventure of faith, and he pursues us in love. He is on the way. He's coming to us. Not in three days. Not when this coronavirus stuff is a thing of history. Not at the end of our lives when we find ourselves on our deathbeds. He is coming to us now. Right now. And this beautiful fact sits right at the center of the mystery of our Christian faith. By his incarnation, Jesus Christ came to us. He approached us from the recesses of heaven. He did this, first of all, 2,000 years ago in Palestine. He will do it again when he comes back at the end of time to bring us out of this valley of tears. But he is also, even now, right here in Newport News, Virginia, coming to us. How? Well, the same way that he ever has. Through his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today, we celebrate your, our parish feast day, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So I think it's fitting that we spend a few moments to meditate on one of the most jarring and fundamental truths of our faith. Jesus comes to us through Mary. 
St. Paul put it best in our second reading today. When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman. You can't have Jesus, the son, without Mary, the mother. It's not biologically possible, nor is it spiritually possible. They come as a beautiful unit. To separate them would be much more deplorable than the six feet glass wall and mask that separated me from my grandma yesterday. Simply put, you just can't socially distance or spiritually distance Jesus from his mom. Blessed James Alberione once said that that Mary is the editor of the word of God who is Jesus Christ. The word made flesh. And the term edit or addition imply a coming forth, a bringing forth. And in a deep and mysterious way, Jesus is the addition of Mary. He came forth through her by the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. She gave him her humanity. She gave him our humanity. And with all this in mind, listen again to Zechariah's prophecy of hope. See, I am coming to dwell among you, says the Lord. Jesus came and is coming through our Blessed Mother. And what a gift that is. What a source of encouragement and hope. We need Mary if we want to have Jesus. Now, at this point, maybe you're thinking there, I don't know, Father Anthony, you're pretty new at this priest thing. Didn't you hear today's gospel where Jesus kind of clearly distanced himself from his mother, didn't he? She was standing outside asking to speak with him. That's not that much to ask. And when someone said, hey, your mom wants to talk to you, he says, who is my mother? Didn't he insult her? Wasn't he pushing her away? Shouldn't we ignore her just like Jesus seems to be ignoring her in our gospel? No way. Don't miss the deeper truth in this passage. Rather than distancing himself from his biological mother, Jesus is drawing her even closer. He is distancing himself from a too earthly understanding of his relationship to his mother. It's as if he's saying to us, I am the word made flesh through her. She absolutely is my mother, the mother of God. And she is to be your mother as well. I'm going to make that very clear to you while I'm hanging on a cross. Behold your mother, we hear he says. How could I ever insult my mother and yours? I love her. But so that you might understand that I must come to belong to you, even as I belong to her, I've used this situation as a teaching moment. Whoever does the will of my heavenly father is my brother and my sister and my mother. Mary, of all people, would wholeheartedly agree with Jesus' statement. She wants nothing more than to do God's will and to help other people do God's will. She wants only to form Jesus Christ in the womb of your soul. 
And that's really good news for us. Because although that the Lord is certainly coming to us, and he's coming to us right now, he's not the only one coming to us. The world, the flesh, the devil are coming at us constantly to ruin our lives. A radical secularism that would drive away all trace of religion is coming for us and our families. An aggressive apathy is coming at us. An activistic spirit that would keep us too busy to find time for prayer is coming at you and at me. Ideologies about the human person that are simply incompatible with our faith are coming at us on a daily basis. And they bombard us. They chip away at our faith, our hope, and our love. And that is just too much for us to handle. That's just too much for any of us to wrap our heads around. We need an advocate. We need a loving and devoted mother who will swat away every heresy and falsehood that would lead us away from our Heavenly Father's will for us. We need a helper who will inspire fathers to take their faith seriously and rise up to defend their families. Who will cover our children with her mantle and give young people courage to be holy when nobody else seems to care. We need our Mother Mary, who constantly dispenses blessings for us through the power of the Holy Spirit from her queenly throne in heaven. God's will becomes clear to us through the hands of Mary. And I can personally testify to the role that the Holy Rosary played in my own discernment of the priesthood. I wouldn't be here today without her prayers, without those conversations I've had with her throughout seminary. If I may be so bold to propose an exhortation to all of you here, I would say learn to pray the rosary regularly. It's a beautiful practice. When you pray the rosary, Mary will take you by the hand and she will lead you into the depths of her son's sacred heart. The rosary is not a mindless or repetitive prayer. It's a meditative walk with your mom who knows Jesus better than anyone else ever did here on earth. And when we pray the rosary and when we enter into those mysteries, we spiritually visit the most pivotal moments in our Lord's life. And she points out how those moments change your life. Jesus comes to us through Mary. And in just a few moments, he will come to us here on this altar. Our Lady cannot be separated from the Eucharist. It is the true flesh and blood of our Lord, the same flesh and blood that she gave him, that he received from her. She stands with us here at the foot of the cross as Calvary is represented to us anew under the appearance of just bread and wine. But we believe that it's way more than that. We believe that it is Jesus Christ coming to us. He comes to dwell among you.